Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. In the act of adultery. In the very act of adultery. It wasn't like it was, it wasn't like, you know, Three days ago, we found this woman. Somebody told us that she was having adultery, that she was committing adultery. It was like in the moment we caught this woman. She's right here where we got, we got her, our, and they were ready to stone her. They were ready to put her to death, so to pronounce judgment. They were the jury, they were the judge, and they were going to pronounce judgment on this woman right then and there, and they were going to take care of this problem, this sin problem, right then and there. And Jesus, showing up, he's... He's, he's, he's standing there and, <clears throat> and as he, see, he surveys the crowd there, it's like you got all these guys around with rocks and they're ready to stone this woman. Well, he starts writing something in the sand, in, in the dirt. And, and he says, let him, who has, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And so everyone who felt so self-righteous in what they were doing, they felt so right in what they're about to do, they said that they began dropping their stones one by one and walking away. And Jesus turned to the woman and said, woman, where are, where are your condemners? Where are, the, where, are the, where are they? And she said, I don't, there are none. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. Now he called that woman out. He pulled her out of the situation that she was in, which was condemnation, which was sin, which was, he dealt with the issue, but he spoke to the person and he pulled her out of darkness and brought her into the light. You see how that works? He honored the person. He, he had the grace that allowed him to honor that person even though they were making the mistake. And we're to be like Christ. We're to be just like him. That's what we're called to do. And it's a hard thing to do. How many would agree it's a hard thing to do to always show grace, to always be like Jesus? It's a hard thing to do. But I'm telling you, it is the thing we must do. Because we live in a world right now that is looking for every excuse to, to not walk into the light. They want to stay in the darkness because a lot of times the darkness will just pat them on the back and say, you're fine where you are. You're fine. You were born this way. This is how you were. This is how you are. This is who you are. But we know different. We know that people, we know that we were born into sin, but through Christ, now we're reborn into light. We were reborn into righteousness from sin into righteousness now. And now we walk with a purpose. Now we walk with knowing the knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you have a knowledge of Jesus Christ, you can walk in this life and you can walk free from all the things that the, that the darkness, that the enemy would try to put on you. Amen. We awake here. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm awake. Okay, good. All right. I just want to make make sure that you're awake. Okay. Romans 8. 12 through 15. Romans 8, 12 through 15. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. Say obligation. Obligation. We have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led, everybody say led. By the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. 
Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption. Say adoption. adoption. To sonship. And by him we cry, Abba. Say Abba. Abba. I'm not talking about the 70s disco band. I'm talking about Abba, Father. It means Daddy. You have now been given the right and the privilege to call him Daddy. I'm really looking forward to the day that Josie calls me Daddy. Right now she says it with her eyes. Right now she just says it, Daddy, I love you so much. And I love it. It's good. I love it. It's a good thing. I love it. It's like, I love having her. She, she'll, off. It's, it's been just, I mean, if any of you have been a parent, then you'll know. I'm not telling you anything brand new. It's like, I'm telling you, my new experience as a dad is I'm feeding her every two to three hours and I'm changing her every 30 minutes. And, and I, and I love it. I love it. I love it. You, you change her and it's like, and she loves fresh diapers. I know she loves them because the moment I put them on them, she will fill it up and cause she wants a brand new one. And she has this grin on her face. Like she just, like she's got some enjoyment out of that. And so it's just a constant barrage of changing diapers. It's like, I've never, I didn't know that you could have so many diapers. Like you, you go through, I mean, it's like bags of diapers. Like in 24 hours, you're just taking out. It's like, it looks like you're taking out the trash every 24 hours, but it's just diapers. There's no trash in there except diapers. It's just diapers. And I want to tell you, that's the kind of relationship that your dad has with you. He loves taking care of you. He loves taking care of you. It's not a burden to him to take care of you. It doesn't burden him. It doesn't, he's not like, oh, guys, three o'clock in the morning and he's, they're crying again. I've, I've learned that there's like different kinds of cries too. It's like, cause there is a cry that's like, I mean, this is serious, dad. I'm really crying here. But then there's other times where it's like, I'm really just angry that you don't have a bottle in my mouth this second. I'm, that's why I'm crying and I'm mad. I need a bottle stat here now. And there are other cries where it's just like, you know, it's like I was a little warm and comfortable in this diaper that I just filled up, but it's time for you to change me. So I'm letting you know, do you need to change me? And there's, so there's different cries. It's like, but, but I'm learning to hear her cry and, and know which cry is which. And I want you to know that your dad, your father, your Abba father, your daddy knows your cries. And he knows how to take care of you. He knows exactly what you need even before you speak it. And sometimes we don't even know how to say it, so we just cry it out. And that's okay. That's okay. If you don't get all the words right, that's okay. Because getting the words right is just religion. I'll be honest with you. If my, if my little baby looked at me and said... Dad, change my diaper now. I'd be like, that's kind of weird. Because I want her to grow into (laughs) learning to speak. And hopefully by the time she does speak, she's not saying, Dad, I need you to change my diaper right now. But it's an actual conversation. See, God wants you to grow into maturity and grow into the knowledge of him and grow into being not children And not slaves, but rather being sons and daughters in the kingdom of God with a purpose. You have a purpose. Everybody say that I have a purpose. purpose. 
Colossians 4, 5 through 6 says, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Look at that. It says, Let your conversation be always full of what? Grace. Let your conversation always be full of grace. Now that's quite a a different thing than for what we, a lot of us have been accustomed to, right? Because a lot of us, we grew up thinking that our conversation needs to be seasoned with, really with judgment. Because that's how it's been in the past. It's like we have seen that. It's like, you know, we got to make our comment about so-and-so. We got to do this. We got to, it's like, I got to, I got to say it. I got to, I got to, I got to, I have to say it. I have to say it. You know, it's like. I want to say this is that it, if it doesn't, if it's not seasoned with grace, if there's not grace in it, you're not going to see fruit from it. You'll see death. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they who love it, they, uh, help me out, I'm, I'm just went blank. Show eat of it, show eat of its fruit. Thank you. They who love it shall eat of its fruit. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they who love it shall eat of its fruit. So you have a choice of life, you speak life, or you can speak death to someone. That's why it says, let your conversation always be seasoned, always full of grace. Always full of grace. Grace is not a bad word. It's not a bad word. Do you believe that? I hope so, because you need it. We all need it. We need grace. We have to have the grace of God. We have to have it. If we didn't have the grace of God, where would we be? Where would we stand? We would have no footing. Let's look at what honor is real quick. Honor, it means, it's, the noun is high, high respect, esteem, a privilege, The verb is to regard with great respect, to fulfill an obligation or keep an agreement. This is what honor means. It means that we hold each other, we hold someone in high respect, in high esteem. Now, who should we hold in the highest respect, in the highest esteem? Above all, who should we hold in the highest honor? God. We hold God above all things. He is above all. He's above all things. He gets the highest honor and the highest esteem, the highest respect. He's number one, numero uno. That's who God is. There is no other like him. Matthew 22 through 37, uh, 37, 40 says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus said the, all the Ten Commandments, all the, all the commandments, everything all the prophets said, everything that Moses said, all those things, you can pretty much summarize them in these two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now here's the problem. What if you don't love yourself? What if you still view yourself as this, and I spoke about this last time. What if you still view yourself as unworthy? What if you still view yourself as just this unrighteous worm, this person who is just un, who doesn't deserve anything that God has for them? 
then if that's how you view yourself, guess what? Everybody else around you, that's how you will view them as well. So it's important that you love yourself the way that God sees you. It's important because if you don't love yourself the way God sees you, you will have the lens that everybody else is an unworthy scumbag just like me. And so that's how you will go to people. Hey, hey, worm, I'm a worm just like you. Let me tell you about Jesus. How appetizing is that? How appealing is that? But if you know who you are, I'm a son. I have been adopted. I have sonship. I am, he is, he's done everything for me. That used to be me, but I used, I used to be like that. But he changed me. I was reborn in purpose. I have a purpose now. And you can have a purpose. You can know this. You can have this. Now you tell me, which one do you want? Everybody wants purpose. Whether they admit it or not, everybody wants a purpose. People kill themselves because they find they don't, they feel like they don't have a purpose. But we have a purpose. God has given us a commission. He's given us something to do. He's given us something to be. He is everything. All things, we live and we breathe and we move. We have our being through him. He is in us and through us and through all things. That's who he is. Do you believe this? Matthew 7, 12 says, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. What do we call this? There's a a rule for this. It's it's, it's called a rule. What's it? Anybody know? We call it the golden rule. The golden rule. That's what I remember when I was, I I remember I was in Scouts with uh, John Frick. It's like, I remember saying two things. I remember saying toot for whatever, I don't know what that meant. You had to like hold your hand up and say toot at the end of whatever you said. And I thought it was hilarious that we had to say toot. It didn't make any sense. I still don't know what it means. I still think it's funny. I still giggle when I hear the word. But another thing that I remember learning is Royal Rangers is what we were in. I remember this other thing called uh, the golden rule. And I remember that very clearly. Like that you do unto others what you'd have them do unto you. And so, so if, you let, if you allow that to be your, uh, just something real simple. You know, it's like we got on the kick of what would Jesus do? And here's the, here's the answer. He would do unto others as, as, he would, as he would have them do unto him. That's what he did. He's like, so when you see someone else, it's like you have to think, how would I like to be treated? Because that's how I need to treat this person. How would I like to be spoken to? That's how I need to speak to this person. You know what we call this? Honor. When you honor someone, you treat them as you would treat yourself. You esteem someone because you are highly esteemed. Because you esteem yourself. Not, Not that you think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Paul says, he warns against that. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. That's what Pharisees did. Oh, I'm just, I've got myself together. I've, I've got on these, these, look at these robes. Look at these clothes I have on. And just look at me. Look at, I've, I've done this. And I've done this. I've kept this commandment since I was 10 years old. And I've done this since I was seven. And I've done this. And I've been baptized seven times. And I've, you know, I've, I've said the sinner's prayer 20 times. And I've done this. And oh, blah, 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 blah. And I give to my church. You know, I come on, I come on Christmas time. And I come at Easter. And I... I do this, I do that, I do this, I do that. And it's like, it's just hot air. It's like, you know, it's like Jesus put it like this. He said, you, you people, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. 
Because if you don't love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and if you don't love your neighbor as yourself, if you're not, then you aren't keeping his commandments. Because that's the Pharisees, what they did is they treated people lesser than themselves. Because they saw themselves up here. I'm God's chosen people. I'm holy. And I shall not touch what is, what is unholy. Jesus comes along and flips the script. He comes along and he says, he's like, I'm the son of God. And I've been, I, am, I, I have been anointed to preach the good news to the poor, to bind up the broken heart and set the captives free. And so he goes to lepers who are, you're not supposed to get in within 10 feet of them. And he comes up and touches them. He goes to people who are caught in the act of adultery and lets them go free. Now, what kind, of, what kind of righteous man is that? Because up until that time, a righteous man would actually take the word of God and, he, and they would use it to condemn the person who was caught in the act of sin. But now Jesus comes along and he's just setting people free. That's what he did with that woman. He set her free. She was a captive, held prisoner in her own act, caught in her own act. The word of God had, had all jurisdiction over her to condemn her. And here's the word of God made flesh who says, you're free. Go sin no more. It's exactly like letting someone out of prison. Someone who has served their time and saying, you're free. Maybe someone who hasn't even served their time. And you just say, you're free. Your, your sins are forgiven. They're pardoned. I'm the governor. You're free. That's what Jesus did for us. That's, how, that's what he has done for us. And that's, who, that's, that's the kind of authority he has bestowed upon us. The same thing. That we also are anointed to preach the good news to the poor, to bind up the broken hearts, to set the captives free. That's what we are commissioned to do. We are called ambassadors. Everybody say an ambassador. An ambassador is a person who, who speaks on behalf of the person who sent them. And they act on behalf of the person who sent them. And they have jurisdiction in the area that where they're at. It's like they have whatever authority it is, they get a, a phone call. Can I do this? Yep. All right. There you go. Whatever, they, whatever they've been commissioned to do, that's what they have the authority to do. Now, Jesus said this, all power has been given unto me. And so he has given you the keys for with all power and all authority has now been bestowed with you because Christ is in you. Christ is the anointing. Jesus is the anointed one. He is anointing. If Jesus is in you, then you are anointed. How many have Jesus in their heart? Guess what? You're anointed. And I know we've been taught, like, Lord, I need your anointing. How much more anointing do you need? If Jesus is in you, he's the, he is anointing. So it's like this morning, it's like I, I'm not asking God for an, an anointing to preach because he has anointed me to preach this message to you this morning. By faith, I speak it, that, that, you, that I'm anointed to speak to you this simple message that we're to show honor to those around us, that we're to treat others as we would treat ourselves. It's a simple message, but it can change your life, and we can change this world if we'll live by it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Get quiet in here. It's getting quiet. 
Loosen up your, your ties. All right. Romans 13, 1 through 7. Let everyone be subject, say subject, to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established, say, have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. The one, for the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. That is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Now that's a tough one to, to, to read, and it's a tough one to take, right? Because it's like, we don't, it's, it's hard to listen to authority we don't agree with. It is. It's, it's, it's tough. And, and sometimes, remember, we honor God first, right? He's supreme. God is supreme. So if God says something, then it, it's, it's, it, that's it. I'm sorry. There is no higher authority. So I listen to the highest authority. So if, God's, if God says, speaks this and says, this is what this is, but then another earthly authority comes along and says, no, this is what this is. Then which one are we to hear? Which one are we to listen to? God's authority. God's authority. Consequently, if we don't listen to the authority that's, that's there, we will probably face persecution. We will probably face judgment. That, that doesn't mean that we're, not, that we're off the hook just because we honored someone, Correct. Because we've been doing this whole series on Daniel. And Daniel was a righteous man in an unrighteous society. The culture was absolutely pagan. Absolutely not a Christian society. Nebuchadnezzar was not a Christian man. He later came to know the Lord, know of the Lord and give glory to God. But it never truly, like, it never points out, like, some kind of clear, awesome relationship that he had. It was only after he had gone through all this stuff that had been prophesied over him. And that he, he basically went crazy for a whole season. And then he was restored. And when he was restored, he's like, he gave glory to God. But the whole time, it's like God was trying to get his attention the whole time. And he's trying to get his attention through Daniel. And Daniel was a righteous man. Now, Daniel... It says to him that, that he prayed three times a day and we got in trouble for that. What happened? He was, he was honoring God three times a day. And what was his reward? <laughs> a lion's den. A lion's den. Thrown into a lion's den. Now that doesn't sound like a reward because there is a reward when you honor people. 
There is a reward that comes from honoring people, but, I have, but you have to know that that reward comes at a price, and that reward comes with great patience. If you are an impatient person, then honoring people and honoring those in authority, it's going to be a struggle. But let me tell you, you can get through it. You can do it. You can. Do you believe you can do it? Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, you're thinking like, I mean, Daniel got thrown in the lion's den. I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's like they were thrown into a fiery furnace because they would not heed the king's order to bow down. Why? Because they honored God first. But if you listen to, if you listen to them, if you hear what their conversation is seasoned with, you'll see that they honor the king. They would honor him. I want to, I want to read this to you. This is Daniel 2, 17 through 49. <clears throat> uh, So this is after King Nebuchadnezzar had essentially, he had this dream, and we, uh, and Pastor Don had spoke about this about the other week, and, but Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and it was a dream that disturbed him, and so he won an interpretation of the dream. And so he called all, the, all his wise men, all the magicians, all those people, the seers, everybody in his court, he called them to his court and, and he said, I had this dream. You tell me what it is and then you tell me the interpretation. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Just tell us what it is and we'll give you the interpretation. So, so but he was like, no. He's like, I'm not going to tell you what it is. You have to tell me what I dreamed. And then on top of that, you have to tell me the interpretation. And they were just like, this is impossible. We can't do it. And so he got so mad, Nebuchadnezzar got so mad that he was just like, all right, off of their heads. They're done. They're done. I'm going to kill them. Every one of them. Find every one of them. Everyone in my court. That included Daniel was in the court. Daniel wasn't there that, that day, I guess. And so they, had, so they sent for Daniel and his friends. And it said, then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends. This is after Daniel had been explained that, listen, the king is ticked off. He had this dream. He doesn't know what it's about. And we don't know what it's about. We don't know what the dream is, but he wants an interpretation now. And if he doesn't get it, people are dying. Heads are rolling. So Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men in Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He, dispo he deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God, of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. It goes on to say, Then Daniel went to Arioch, the king who had, appointed, had been appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon, and said to him, Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. 
Arioch took Daniel to the king at once and said, I have found a man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. The king asked Daniel, also called Belshazzar, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. As your majesty, everybody say majesty. As your majesty was lying there, your mind turned to the things to come and the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than any than anyone else alive, but so that your majesty may know the interpretation that you may understand what went through your mind. Your majesty looked, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous dazzling stone, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, the chest and arms silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, the legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the pieces became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away leaving, without leaving a trace, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream, and now we will interpret it to the king. Your majesty, you are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed all mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds of the sky. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them. You are that head of gold. After you, another kingdom will rise inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces so it, cr- it will crush and break all other things just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly baked of clay partly of iron so this will be a divided kingdom yet it will have some of the strength of iron in it even as you saw iron mixed with the clay as the toes are partly iron partly clay so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle and just as you saw the iron mixed and baked with clay so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than the iron mixes with clay In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of the mountain, not by human hands, a rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king that will take place in the future, what will take place in the future. The dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position, everybody say high position, and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. 
Did you get that? Did you hear it? How did Daniel treat the king? With honor. He showed honor to him. That king did not deserve honor. He did not deserve honor. He was a wicked king. He did not deserve any place of honor. And yet Daniel gave him honor. Because Daniel saw the mantle. And he even prophesied the mantle. A mantle is something that's placed on someone for a a job. Okay? It, in our, it, I think we could probably look at it like with the, with the president. The president has a mantle placed on him for four years or reelected. It's like, and I believe that that's, that's how it happens. Like I believe that's when they take that oath. I believe there's a, there's a mantle that's bestowed on them. And they are responsible for that mantle. I'm not. I'm responsible to honor the mantle and to honor the person but to honor God above all things. But still in my conversation, in the way that I speak, in the way that I look towards him, this is a tough thing. It's a tough, it's a tough one to receive. It's tough. But I want you to see that it's like that. The Bi- if the Bible is the infallible word of God, if you believe that, it's true. It's like then it says that all authority, all government officials have been placed there by the Lord. Now, that's hard to receive. That's really hard to receive when the person you did not vote for is in the office and has that mantle. That's really tough. Because, you know, every, every, couple, every couple seasons, what happens is like whoever that mantle goes on to, it's just like, oh, here's the Antichrist. Oh, here's, the, here's this person. Oh, what, this person's wicked. This person's this, this person that. And it's like, and all these things I, I may or may not be true. But I'm going to tell you that it's like, as believers, as ambassadors, we are called and we are commissioned to honor the mantle and honor the position that God has placed. Even if we don't agree with it, we honor it, but we speak the truth in honor. Does that make sense? You have an obligation to speak the truth, but to speak it in honor. In other words, we have an obligation to honorably say Supreme Court, regardless of what you say, God is the highest authority in the land. And so I honorably have to disagree with you and say that homosexual marriage, it doesn't, it's not a, it's not a marriage. That's, it's not, that's just something you made up. Because a marriage is a covenant between a man and a woman. That's it. And it's like, so I honorably have to disagree. And with anyone else, I only honorably disagree I don't need to argue because the highest authority has already said it. So I don't have to argue it. I just stand on it. It's the same thing for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who were ordered, you bow down when we blow the trumpet. And they say, and they respond the same way. Your majesty, I'm sorry, but, you know, if you kill us, it's like, if you put us in that furnace, it's like, even if we were in there, it's like, we know that our God can deliver us from the furnace. But even if he doesn't, we still won't do it because we will honor God above any order, above anything that puts us in a position where we have to place, the, where we have to place honor to a rule or institution that tries to put itself up, set itself up above what God says. We will honor God above all things, but we will honorably do so. Does that make sense? Daniel acted as someone of royalty. 
And that's how we're to act. King's kids acting out of royalty. The same is true like with abortion. It's like, I'm sorry, but if you're killing babies, it's like the, God said, thou shalt not kill. And it doesn't matter what the reason is. God said, thou shalt not kill. And so we honorably have to say, you know, we disagree. And we will stand on the truth. We'll stand on the word of God. And we cannot, we can't, we can't budge there. It's not something that we give on. It's not something where we just, well, okay, I guess you're kind of right. I guess, well, we'll give you this and we'll make some kind of, there's no compromise. You can say whatever you want to, but we honorably disagree. We will still honor the, the mantle and the position, and we will just simply say, we will pray for you because we pray that God will, do, will open your eyes and give you understanding to see clearly. We pray that God will give dreams and visions in the night so that there will be interpretations that will follow so that these people will get an, an understanding of the word of God, understanding of the truth of God's word, and they will begin, if you will do it out of honor, you'll see that they will honor the Lord if you do it out of faith. I'm telling you, it's like, it, it may not always be every, every time, but we have a privilege, we have an honor to speak the truth out of honor and to speak it as, as, a, as people of royalty. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Daniel was a man of honor and he treated the king, he treated those over him in authority, he treated them with honor. Even if it cost him his life, he still did it. Honor pays respect to the position or mantle without passing judgment on the man or the position. It is not for me to judge the person because God is the judge. He's the ultimate judge. The only person I can truly judge is myself. I'm the only one. I've been given that authority to judge myself. To, to look at my own life every day and say, does this line up with the word of God or does it not? That's the only, that's, even if someone asks you, will you hold me accountable? That does not give you the privilege or the right to speak judgment into their life. It simply just says, hey man, where are you at with, 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 with your walk with God? That's all it really allows you to do. It's like, because you have to be the example in all situations. Paul said, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. Honor allows all judgments to be God's and his alone. A true ambassador on only uh, a true ambassador only delivers the message of their superior. We are God's ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21. All this is from God. Say, all this is from God. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ ambassadors. Everybody say Christ ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. God's making his appeal through us. He's saying, please, come on, just turn around. Turn around. You can, you, we can, turn, come out of that darkness. Walk into the light. Come into the light. Don't walk any longer in the darkness. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that through him, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. If you sow honor, you're going to reap honor. God said, 
it says that God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So if you, if you sow honor, honor's coming back to you. Did you see what Daniel did? He sowed honor in his conversation, in the way he spoke to the king. He spoke the truth. That, that interpretation, it was, you know, it's like, it, 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 it kind of elevated him, but also said like in time, man, your, your kingdom's gonna be nothing because there's coming a time where it's like, where God's gonna, God's gonna be the, the primary kingdom on earth and he's gonna smash all other kingdoms under his feet and there'll be no more. And he told that directly to the king. And at, all, at the end of all this, Nebuchadnezzar, he, he said he got down on his knees and said, praise God. He's like, he's like God, he, he told you this. He showed you this. He showed you my dream and then gave you the interpretation. This is amazing. I'm amazed. You see, we're called to bring heaven to earth. Daniel brought heaven to earth. When he spoke that dream, he, he, he brought heaven directly right into that moment. And Nebuchadnezzar, a wicked king, got a glimpse of heaven. If you show honor, you'll reap honor. You don't have to agree with someone to show them honor. But if you show someone honor, you are more likely to find them agreeable. Did you get that? You don't have to agree with someone to show them honor. But if you show someone honor, you are more likely to find them agreeable. I I was, we don't, all right, let's just kind of get off the subject of superiors and authorities and all kind of stuff like that. And I'll get back on another form of superior and authority. If I touch my wife without honor, then I'm not going to receive any honor as a husband. That's why it says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and willingly gave himself up for her. He willingly died for her. That's the way you're to treat your wives. And it, and it says, it, 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 tell, it tells us to love our wives. And then it says, wives, submit to your husbands. So it's like there's a give and take there. It's like there's, there's honor being shown and there's honor, it's being sowed and there's honor that's being reaped on both sides. You see how that works? So in your marriage, you show honor. And when you honor your spouse, you honor God. When you honor one another, you honor God. Romans 12, 10 through 15. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Honor carries with it great rewards. Rewards God desires you to have. Honor has the power to greatly enhance your life. That's from John Bevere's Honor's Reward. If you've ever taken that, you should, t- you should take that class. It's a great class. Almost done here. I'm going to wrap it up. Honor, carries, uh, so honor has the ability to expand our sphere of influence and advance the kingdom of God. Consequently, for a Christian to show dishonor It has the opposite effect and will therefore shrink our spirit of influence and we can lose, gain ground in the kingdom of God. Did you hear that? So as an ambassador of Christ, you have the ability to either expand your sphere of influence by showing honor to those around you or you have a way to shrink it by showing dishonor. 
Honor God by delivering his word precisely as he gives it, even if it costs you your life. But always act as a member of the king's court. Honor carries with it a mantle of authority. Honor presents itself a servant, just like Jesus. So Jesus, he came, it's like he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but it said he humbled himself, even as a servant, and even as a servant unto death. So this is the example that we've been given through Jesus Christ, is that we would love one another, honor one another, serve one another. And I want to tell you, it's not just in the body of Christ, it's to everybody. It's not just in the family of God. We, show, we need to show honor to everyone we, we come in contact with. Because that is what Jesus Christ did, so therefore that's what we have to do. You receive that? Yes. Joseph showed honor to the Pharaoh. Joseph was, he was, he was made a slave and, and he was brought up at Joseph. He was put in prison. If you read his story in Genesis 41, you read the story of Joseph. He showed honor to the Pharaoh and he was promoted because of it. Moses, before Pharaoh, he also showed honor to him. He came before him and he presented the message that the Lord gave him. It was a hard message to receive, but he spoke it and he did it honorably. Paul showed honor to his authorities. If you look at Paul, the apostle Paul, he was sent to prison. He was, and he was, he was in prison for a long time and he was on trial. And Paul was just like, at one point they actually told Paul, you're, we found out you're a Roman citizen, so you're actually free to go. And he's like, nah, I don't think so. I want to go to, I want to take this to the Supreme Court because I want to tell people about Jesus. So he used his, his time in prison to, to just stand before the people and tell people about, about Jesus. And he showed honor through the whole thing. He spoke honorably to every person who was over him. Not once did he just, not once did he really, you know, get just ticked off and fly off the handle and like, like, I know my rights. It's like, he was very aware of his rights. He's like, I'm a Roman citizen and I know you have, that you have to let me go. But I, I say, we're going to go, we're going to take this all the way up to the highest court. I'm going to ride this thing out to the end because I want all of you to hear about Jesus. Jesus showed honor to the authorities and kindly reminded them that they have no authority except what was given from his father. I love it when Jesus is before Pilate and Pilate's like, man, I've got the ability to set you free right now, man. What, who are you? What are you doing? He's like, and he's like, you have no authority except what has been given by my father. And now Pilate is just like, he's just like, who are you? He's really scared. Who's your daddy? Who are you calling daddy? I want to know. I'm, I'm scared. When you show honor, but you do it in a way, you know who you are. When you know who you are, when you know that the highest authority is God, then you can, you can honorably speak to anybody because you don't have, you're not on the defensive because God is on, he's your defense. God is always your defense. When you know who your defense is, you don't have to defend yourself. And that's what the Bible instructs us to do. We don't have to defend ourselves because he is our defender. And if we look to him in all situations, then he will rescue you from all situations, no matter what it is. 
Now, I know, I, mean, I was praying about this, and I know that um, in America, it's a tough thing. Because here's the thing. Here's, here's what happened in America. It's like, and I'm thankful for America. I'm, I, am, I am a patriot at heart. I love, I love America. I really do. And here's the thing, and I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't think this is going to offend anybody by what I'm about to say. The, the Declaration of Independence in it, in the very introduction, says that if a governing authority becomes a tyrant, then it is the obligation and the duty of those people to throw off that oppression. So from the very beginning, the founding fathers said, it's your obligation to throw off anything that becomes tyranny in your life. Because this is a land of the free and home of the brave. That's what this is. And so that's what, you know, that's what makes this kind of a little somewhat tricky because you want to honor the authorities, but at the same time, it's like you know that here in America, it's different because there is, a, there is the founding fathers and the very foundation of this country was laid on the fact that if, if you come to a place where you're being oppressed and you're in a place like that where it's, it's, time, it's your obligation to throw off all of that. And so that's where, in America, that's what it's like for us. It's like our founding fathers. So we can honor our founding fathers in the fact that we can honor the Declaration of Independence. And we can honor the Constitution that was set up by godly men and women. It was set up from the very foundation as godly. And so where it's gone from there has been kind of been convoluted and, and, tried to, and people have been trying to change it and all that kind of stuff like that. And so I just want to implore you this morning to be ambassadors for Christ. And I want to implore you this morning that you would stand in the face of persecution. And when you're persecuted, I implore you that you would return persecution with blessing and not cursing. And when you are brought before the, any authorities or anything like that. If, you're ever, if there's ever a time where you're brought before the authorities, Jesus said, don't even worry about where, what you're to say because I'll tell you what to say in that moment. So I just want to encourage you this morning that regardless of anything, know that you are children of God and that you are ambassadors for Christ. Amen? Now, I don't know if that's like, you know, a God bless America kind of message, but I feel like, you know, God bless America. That's, what, that's how I feel. God bless America. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, I don't, it's tough. It gets harder and harder the younger you get. Because, I, 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 I'm telling you, because like for, for, for people who came before me, it was like, you grew up saying the Pledge of Allegiance. But now it's like, it's almost, it's like, that's, that's like a bad thing now for people to say the Pledge of Allegiance. And, and it makes no sense. It makes no sense. It, and, we, and there was a time in this country where people, during the, the very first part of the day of school, people would pray. But now that was like, that was, oh no, we can't do that. That, that offends people. But the very foundation, the very fabric of who we are says that we are a people of God. That we are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. And it's like, and that, and, and that supersedes whatever nationality you are. That's universal. If you are in Christ, you are a royal people. You are a holy nation. 
And there is nothing that can take that away from you. And they can take away your life, but they can't ever take away that freedom in Christ. So it's like, the, you know, it's like for each generation, it's like we've kind of moved away, taken a little step further away. And like, it's almost like now it's like bad if you wear, you know, if you're waving a, a, an American flag. It's like you're considered like a, a red, you know, redneck bigot. And I'm sorry if you're a redneck and I'm not sorry if you're a bigot, but it's like, you know, but, but we are, you know, it's, I want to say that it's, it's okay for you to stand for truth. It's okay for you to stand for what is right and what is righteous. It's okay for you to take your stand and it's okay for you. That, that's, that's, that's absolutely, it's, it's not just okay. I'm encouraging you to do it. I'm encouraging you to be a people, to be like Daniel, that will stand up regardless of what it costs you. That you will be a people of God and a people who honor those around them. And you will honorably disagree with those with a, a point of view that is not of God. Because the only point of view that I really want, that I'm really interested in, is what God says. Because at the end of, when I, when I kick the bucket, and when I'm dead, long gone, or when I'm just, if, you, know, you know, Jesus comes and all that good stuff... It's like when I stand before him, it's like that's the only person that's going to matter. You know, where it's like where he's, what, how'd you live your life? Did you live it for me? Did you live it with a fear of me? And not, and I'm talking about an honor, like fear of, in respect of God, where you honor God above all things. Or did you, did your, did your knees buckle and did you, did you bow down to whatever idol and whatever God they put before you. And so, if you will, just stand to your feet this morning. And I just want to pray for all of, all of us. You've been listening to Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. For more information, visit us online at destinycity.org.